0: Versus the World Productions, scaring normal people on the internet since 2010. www.vtwproductions.com.
1: The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution ShareAlike Non-Commercial license. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org.
0: EXTERMINATION! Warning! Warp core breach. A lot sooner than you think. It's time, snow, snow. Can't we just cuddle? No.
2: Not really. is. It is a screwdriver and it's something.
0: Fantastic. Don't make me angry. You
2: wouldn't like me when I'm angry.
3: Fun, 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 fun,
2: fun. All the, can. the following program
1: is intended for mature audiences.
0: You're listening to Alpha Geek Fridays only on vtwproductions.com
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of Alpha Geek Fridays. This is for Friday. December 9th, 2011, and massive props and shout-outs to Ursa Heil from of the World Productions for that amazingly cool new intro that I think we'll now be using for, well, forever, pretty much, because it is awesome. I am the other Todd, known to some of you as Gnomewise, and joining me through the miracle of the internets, my man in Canada, Joel Duggan. Welcome to the show.
4: Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. How's it
1: going? I am still kicking. How are you this fine early Friday morning? Well, not so early for you because you are way, way far east in the land of crazy moon time.
4: Yeah, I'm in the future. It's uh, 11 o'clock here and the sun has just come out. looks like it's going to be a nice day. It's chilly here in Halifax again, uh, which is uh, a little bit more normal than it has been. It's been unseasonably warm for the last few weeks, so it's actually kind of nice to have some fall in the air. I've got some Christmas parties to attend later on in the weekend, so it's feeling festive.
1: Festivus for the rest of us? No, well, that's something completely different, isn't it? hmm I would appear to be doing it wrong. Our first segment here, for which I still need to record an intro, intro now that we have actually named it, or have we named it? Have you, have you accepted my declaration of name for segment one that I did in, uh, in Google Docs there, Joel?
4: The nerds in the news?
1: Nerds in the news! Exactly. It needs, it needs kind of a, a, a Mr. Scott Fletcher treatment to it, I think.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um I'm okay with it. Sounds sounds fine to me.
1: I can't do his voice without hurting myself cuz he is a professional and I am not. Yeah. Ow, ow. Alrighty. So from the nerds in the news department and thank you to Boba Fetish and Fangs who both contributed greatly to the Alpha Geek Fridays research thread on the forums at Versus the World Productions. Woot and thank you you guys. We have my near and dear to my heart, that I'm big fans of the MythBusters. Yeah, they um they tried to kill somebody this last week, uh like more than usual. They apparently were doing yet another cannon uh, based myth, and were out at their favoriteest place in all the universe, the bomb range, firing said cannon, and they're aim was slightly off, shall we say? Or the uh, cannonball took, I think, what they referred to as an unfortunate bounce?
4: Well, from what I understood in the article, the cannon misfired, which caused the angle of the cannon to change, um, which missed their intended target (laughs) and sent the (laughs) cannonball... Uh, over the ridge that is supposed to protect the uh, neighboring neighborhoods from anything that goes on on the bomb rage. And because of the misfire, the cannonball cleared everything and went into the neighborhood.
1: This is from uh, ktvu.com. Mythbusters stunt sends cannonball flying through Dublin home. Dublin, California, and I I hadn't really realized that there was a Dublin in California. Uh, I was
4: confused for the first like paragraph. When I read this, I was like, "Wait, Dublin? I, what are they doing in Ireland?" I, you exactly. Know, I didn't clue. I didn't
1: clue in at first. <laughs> I, I did the exact same mental leap of, "Huh?" I didn't. I thought they didn't do worldwide travel very often on MythBusters, but a reality television stunt that went awry sent a cannonball careening into a residential Dublin neighborhood late Tuesday afternoon, punching holes through the front door and a wall of a home and smashing a minivan's window but luckily leaving area residents unharmed. Now let's back up the truck on that one slightly. It didn't just smash against the side of the house and damage the stucco. It punched through the door, flew through the interior of the home and out the opposite wall before slamming into a minivan and coming to rest inside the minivan. Holy crap, Batman.
4: Yeah, and I guess previous to that, it had, it had bounced off the cement roof of a building near the edge of, of the neighborhood, near the edge of the bomb range. So it hit a cement roof, not not um, directly, It kind of like bounced off of it. So the, the cement roof was, was uh, on a downward angle, went through the home and then landed in, in the minivan. So, I mean, all the while it's supposed to be losing momentum, yet it still went through the house. <laughs>
1: You I know, think they've like they've accidentally created perpetual motion.
4: God, that, can you imagine? You know, you're out washing your car because it's you know still sunny <laughs> in California this time of year, oh, and all of yeah. a sudden this cannonball just goes right through your neighbor's house. I, yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't know what to think. <laughs> nothing know, like
1: nothing in my upbringing would have prepared me how to react at that moment in time. It would be like my wife suddenly transmogrifying into a fig. There's just nothing there. Is It uh, 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 does not compute.
4: Yeah.
1: However, never a dull moment on the uh, Mythbusters set. And I saw, I, I follow uh, Adam Savage on Twitter. And speaking of Twitter, that, did you just receive a tweet? Doodleep? I, uh, I might have. It's entirely possible. I have to, um, have to turn off my phone. Apologies. <laughs> Fail The uh, shortly after the story broke, sent out a tweet and said, no, we will not be including footage of the accident accident during the show broadcast. What are you people thinking? Um, People are thinking that the same part of our brain that slows down and rubbernecks at a horrible accident on the side of the freeway wants to see the cannonball go through the house. But uh, I'm assuming the people who were nearly killed by said cannonball would not be necessarily cool with it being made to uh, up the show's ratings, as it were.
4: Yeah, I think um, in the article they said that the... um one of the senior producers immediately went over to um, the the residents that had damaged property or damaged homes and was speaking with them about being the liaison between them and their insurance brokers and all that kind of stuff to make sure that right. you know that they were taking full responsibility for it.
1: They've had similar experiences in the past where the shock wave from some of their explosions has Damaged windows and you know, drop pictures off of walls, and they they did the same kind of run around the neighborhood and make sure everyone was okay and make sure that everyone knew who to contact to be compensated for any damages. So they they definitely have the right attitude of hey hey, we just broke all your stuff. Let's make that right for you, and it's 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 just good it's good PR, but it's also simply the right thing to do. So it's nice mm-hmm. to see big corporation actually taking a. a uh, a proper attitude rather than, oh, they shouldn't have built that house there. How dare they be near a bomb range? What did they expect?
4: Yeah. Well, well, I don't think anybody is expecting cannons.
1: (laughs) Well, you just weren't thinking outside the box. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) That ain't right. All right. You you had picked a couple of these to be yours for today. What do you want to run with next here?
4: Um, Well, I might as well get into something um that kind of had my my i guess my feathers ruffled this morning was the story uh that um apple denies claims that siri is anti-abortion and it's this article that's written with i don't know it has some obvious reading between the line stuff kind of put into the article it's basically saying that you know like someone who was if you ask siri I'm not sure whether it's been someone that, that was actually pregnant and was looking for uh, a clinic to either um, speak with a doctor or, or talk about an abortion or whatever. But Siri didn't give um, the proper information. It gave um, it either didn't know where the nearest abortion clinic was, or it also said, "Well, this is sort of what you're looking for," and gave the name of a um, consultation clinic, as in like people that are not anti-abortion, but you know, your options, basically. Um, It sounded as if Siri had an opinion, which, of course, is ridiculous. But everybody that, you know, this is a hot button topic. So everybody that's on one side says, oh, well, Siri is, you know, not giving the proper information for the women that want to make their own choice. And it was just it felt like such an obvious um, slant, you know, uh, and Apple was was quick to say, like, look, Siri is in beta. It doesn't always work. There are lots of other things that you can ask it that it will give you either the wrong information or will simply say, I don't know. And in this particular case, the answer was, I don't know, but I think I know what you're looking for and here's something similar. And somebody that you know has strong um, beliefs one way or the other just kind of took it, I think, the wrong way.
1: Yeah, and actually, in subsequent stories, some deeper digging was done because the referrals it was giving were absolutely to anti-abortion organizations that have done hardcore search engine hacking to make sure that they are always top of the results when people search for abortion clinic and right. they really misrepresent themselves as a or strongly hint that they are a facility where abortions are performed, and when you visit these places, they look like you would expect a medical clinic to look, and what it actually is is a series of interview rooms where they beat you over the head with, why are you killing your child, why are you, why are you trying to end the life of this baby, wouldn't you rather see these options for having your child... And there's never any hope of them ever getting an abortion at that place because they're not an abortion clinic. They are a a fundamentalist religious group attempting to stop abortions. But it's because they have manipulated the search engines so expertly that Siri, which is built on top of the search engine technology, gives these as... Right. It just says, well, when I search for abortion clinic, these are the top five hits that I get and it just believes what the search engine tells it, and it relays that information, and people were interpreting that as, ooh, Siri is trying to direct these poor women to non-abortion facilities, and in fact, they're leaning towards the religious right, and trying to... I don't understand the technology, but I'm going to make a major news story out of it because it makes for good headlines.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and the news article was um, uh, from BBC... So, and that's why I was surprised. I thought it was going to be a little bit more, that's the word I'm looking for, balanced, I guess, in the presentation of the argument, because they didn't mention anything like that in the article.
1: Yeah, and that was uh, information that came out in later days when people looked more closely at wh- what was actually occurring there, um, mm-hmm. instead of just going, instead of just reaching for the, looking at the surface of what was occurring and not digging any deeper than, oh, I asked Siri for this and it gave me that. And never asking, why did Siri give me this? Just, oh, Siri gave me the uh, result that pointed me to the anti abortion people and Siri must therefore be biased. And hey, that's a good headline, so I'm going to stop looking because I might find something that makes the headline not sensational. Yeah. I mean, but I, I think not bitter. people should just
4: be, no, <laughs> not at all. Tell us how you really feel. Mm. Um, what I. It, the thing that I find so interesting about Siri is that, like, it's it's getting, it's so close to Star Trek. Like, it is you're just you can you can taste it. You know, it's yep. you know, it's not perfect. I know it's it's still in beta and all that kind of stuff. But there's just that that feeling of we're so close to just looking down at our phones and going, "Computer, hello, find computer." Me the nearest Taco Bell. Like, you know, and and you can do that now. But it just you just you need to it needs to have just that little bit more. Um, refinement and and um, the ability to possibly um, sort out these issues, like um, people scamming to the top of search engines from the other side, right? Yeah. So Siri just needs to get smarter, which I have no doubt it will over time.
1: Oh yeah, and you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I observe frequently that we're already living Star Trek, and the fact that. Siri sounds a little bit like, you know, Major Barrett as the computer from uh, Star Trek is probably not an accident. Um, and the fact that it's moved towards understanding just conversational English better than any of its predecessors, because I was doing voice recognition on my Android phone, but it was always, you know, basically single word. I would need to speak like this for it to understand me. And mm-hmm. what Siri brings to the table is you can go beep, and go, hey, Siri, find me an Italian restaurant nearby. And that's all you have to say. You, you talk to it like you would talk to a person, and you've got a reasonable expectation that it's going to understand you and give you a sensible result. That's yeah. huge in the comfort level um, department for a human interacting with a computer.
4: Oh, very much so. I mean, that, that'll, and what it, what it does is, I mean, there's, there's geeks like us, but then there's, you know, our parents, uh, eventually grandparents, um, that will be able to use these devices without having to worry about, you know, special commands or anything like that.
1: Yeah, and that's uh kind of the one of the the holy grails of computer interface is the reliable voice interface that understands accents. This cuz Siri does not do accents well. Um which is not surprising because it's a computer and there's only so much you can... And it's it's a pocket computer, but it's actually... One of the other beautiful things about Siri is it uh, transparently is using cloud computing in a handheld device because the actual voice recognition does not occur on the iPhone. It packages up your... Um, whatever you've said to it, sends it up to a cloud and it does the recognition in ridiculously fast time because it's a massively powerful array of servers and sends the response back to the device. The end user is completely unaware that is even occurring. They just know that I talked to my phone and it quickly responded. Um mm-hmm. the few times that the cloud cluster has gone down and Siri's been unresponsive is the first time people have really noticed is oh it's relying on this external thing, and now it's saying that Siri is not available right now. But before that, people were like, oh, my phone is, is translating my words. And it's like, no, a big, much bigger computer is out there, and your phone is just acting as a conduit. I think a lot more applications that require heavy-duty computing power are going to use this, this exact same model. And it's the same one that Google used for their voice recognition on Android. Apple took the same idea when they bought Siri and said, hey, this is a great idea. Let's just make it huge and we get the next big thing in computing. Mm. Never a dull moment. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, speaking of
4: Star Trek, you had a story that you uh, you had highlighted here that you thought was pretty interesting as well.
1: Yeah, it's just from the uh, nerdgasm point. The In the last week or two, the rumors about the next J.J. Uh, Abrams Star Trek movie had been flying fast and furious. For a while there... There were rumors that Benicio Del Toro was in talks to play an unspecified villain uh, in the next Star Trek film. And everyone was thinking, ooh, it's got to be Khan. It's got to be Khan. They're going to do Wrath of Khan. And later the week, basically, the talks appear to have fallen apart. And Del Toro is no longer, you know, has has come out and said, I'm not really talking to them about that anymore. It looks like it's not going to go forward. But people now have Khan on the brain as being at least a part of the next Star Trek film and... It's funny, I didn't, uh,
4: I don't see Del Toro as a good Star Trek villain, and I didn't like um, the Romulan guy that they had in the first movie. Like, I thought the cast in general was great, but for whatever reason, I just, I didn't like the villain in the movie. It wasn't all that, I don't know, it didn't seem as inventive as that could have been.
1: I mean, Nero was kind of a cookie cutter bad guy. Um, Just a a very simple "eye for an eye" kind of motivation. Um, hmm. you, know, you you let my planet be destroyed. I'm I'm going to destroy all of your planets because I'm freaking insane and have a giant ship. And that's the that's the sum total of the depth of the character. So I, I can see why you that would be unsatisfying to you.
4: Yeah, like I I just and the other thing is like I didn't. Um, I can't, I'm trying to. Re- I'm struggling to remember the actor's name chat room, if you know, you can help me out. Yeah, sure Tadpool, that, uh, help us out there. Um, but I, in, 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 in the interim, it's... Um, I just, I don't find him mean. Like, he's he's, he's not convincing as an angry actor. Like, he, you know, you just don't get threatened by him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean,
1: he was in... I mean, he played uh, Bruce Banner in the original uh, attempt yes. to uh, adapt the Hulk, and I had a hard time with that as well as... Eric like, Bana, uh, right? Eric Bana. There we go. You're yeah. right. Um, he's not a bad actor, just in these roles, it's like uh, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head. I mean, there were some moments in Star Trek where he was pretty good. Um, I loved when he was interacting with Captain Pike initially on the view screen, and you know, Pike is all official, you know, stand down and we'll, we'll open talks with Romulus. You've declared war on us. And um. Who am I? And Nero says, "You, know, who am I speaking to?" And I say, I'm Captain Christopher Pike, United Federation of Planets. And Nero's response is, "Hi, Chris. I'm Nero." It's like, wow. There's absolutely no respect there at all. That's kind of fun.
4: Yeah, yeah. I guess I, I, know I always find that kind of stuff weird on on Star Trek, where they just sometimes they're they speak very official, and then other mm-hmm. times it, they just come, they, they completely lose it all, and it just it feels like feel like the universal translator might be losing something in the <laughs> translation you know like he's like i don't know if he's really gonna sound like that you know and that's the thing like he didn't again he didn't sound threatening like to me it would have right. been I, I understand what you're saying about the disrespect but for me i feel like it would have been more aggressive for him to continue to use captain pike but use it in a very you know um, condescending tone or or uh, more aggressive way of, of speaking to, to Pike as opposed to just like well hi Christopher mm-hmm. how are you and you know it's like what what when did this turn into, into uh, was it that uh, radio show that was on TV uh,
1: news radio oh God yes when did,
4: this, you know, when did this turn into news radio Star Trek like what no I don't want this yeah nope. so I, I I preferred all of the well I mean I like the, the good guys anyway but I, I like the good guys in, in, in that
1: movie a lot better yeah they were they were definitely uh, they're spending their time fleshing out the cast and because it's the cast that we were all we all know and love and we're interested in seeing how each of them was being reimagined so I think they did the right thing by focusing on them that the villain could have been even better but getting back to the original story which is yes. who has actually joined the cast of the next movie which is Peter Weller which uh, you may recall played the lead, Officer Murphy, in RoboCop, all the various RoboCop incarnations, except for the TV series, which we shall not speak of here. Um, And again, unspecified villain uh, character is all we really know. And I kind of love all the various news outlets that are saying, oh, Peter Weller, in his first venture into the Star Trek universe, it's like, Wow, you guys don't remember him being the main villain for the last several episodes of Star Trek Enterprise, do you? And it was a big deal back then that he was coming into the Star Trek universe, and he played a really good, uh, interesting villain. Because sadly, and I've observed this before, the people who were producing and writing Enterprise waited until after their cancellation was announced to air all their really freaking great episodes, except for the last one, which was a complete pile of doo-doo. Um... So they had all the stuff you would want from a Star Trek prequel. The green Orion slave girls, the the Orion syndicate, um, the Tellarites, all the... I mean, they did the Andorians pretty well up to that point. But they all the fun, great stuff from the 60s series that you could just wallow in as a fan, they only really got into that in a fun way after they were canceled, including... Um, this interesting character who was very xenophobic and very anti-alien and was a multi-billionaire, so had the resources to do something about it. That um, was a, a fun two, three-episode arc villain, and now he's returning to the Star Trek universe in Star Trek Two: the unnamed movie, as unspecified villain number one. So I'm rather looking forward to seeing what they, what they have in store for him that they wanted a Peter Weller type for.
4: Yeah, I, and that, and that's the thing. Like, he is the type of actor. The look of him, the way that I've seen him in other in other things, he strikes me as someone that could be a good villain, you know, in in a Star Trek
1: film, you know, I mean, and, the, and
4: and have that gravitas that that's needed.
1: I mean, on the small screen, he did a really good job in Enterprise, being a very low key but definitely highly motivated. And again, he was definitely living the the villain is the hero of his own story. Bit and did it really yeah, well. Yeah, I
4: just, I, I haven't seen, I didn't see all of Enterprise. I stopped watching probably about halfway through.
1: Yeah, well, because they sucked. Um, I, too. Yeah,
4: no, I just, me and my buddy Chad tried to get into it and we just, we just couldn't get on board.
1: And I just, I was so annoyed that if, if you do go back into the final season like via Netflix or any of the other various streaming sources it's available from and look at the, the latter two thirds of the final season, um, accepting to never, ever look at the final episode because it is a complete abortion. Um, there's some really fun episodes in there um, involving all kinds of great stuff and lots of fun nods to the original series. And again, uh-huh. it was all after, uh-huh. they, all, all after they were canceled, of course.
4: Mm-hmm. How many seasons were there?
1: Four, I want to say.
4: Oh, wow. I, I don't even think we watched all of two. Like I think I mean, we may have seen the first season and then that might have been it.
1: I mean, there was season one, which is the... which was pretty good it was the humans going out into space and screwing up badly um, doing lots of stuff wrong season two was george w bush's wet dream of let's get revenge against the terrorists Uh, season three was um, the conclusion of the weird time war crap and the i think trunk it was Four was finally them getting their feet under them and having some fun with it in time to get the axe. Mm. But again, not bitter. <laughs>
4: yeah, there, I, I, don't know, I don't get uh, any of the new Star Trek content on Netflix because I'm in Canada, so unfortunately I miss out on checking out all those old episodes. But um, I, I feel like they, there needs to be some good sci-fi on TV. I'm missing, I'm missing my sci-fi television contingent for
1: for new shows. I have, let's see, I, I've noticed a similar dearth of, of good sci-fi for, for several years now. Really, since, since the demise of Farscape, there hasn't been anything to fill that kind of gap that shows like Babylon 5 used to occupy in my uh, viewing time each week. Yeah, and wow. I
4: tried to get into Farscape because Farscape is one thing that I do actually have access to on Netflix. At least I did <clears throat> when I first noticed it. And um, I didn't like it. I wasn't a fan. Which is weird because I'm I like I, li- I like, you know, creature stuff and puppets and that kind of thing and I don't know, I just I couldn't get couldn't get behind it.
1: It really it didn't start getting momentum and part until partway through season 2. And then the writing really improved and they started going for larger story arcs. So until the, the end of season one where they introduced what became the really good villain, which was the char- character of Scorpius, um, okay. they were really very hit and miss the first season. So if you get, try to jump back into it, a couple episodes into season two, and you may you may notice a difference. In the, they're relying a lot less on the Henson creatures and a lot more on just good storytelling. Oh, cool. Yeah, they get around to it. But it's, go, again, one of those those situations where... If they lost you early on, much like Oh Enterprise and many other shows before, these don't don't get their feet under them in a timely manner. Uh, they lose you as a viewer.
4: Right on. Do we do we have one time for one more story before the break?
1: Yeah, go ahead and do your uh, your nutbag one.
4: Yeah, well, I speaking of, of space, uh, I noticed this in the um, the pull down for, for Alpha Geek Radio, and uh, it's a question put out there in headline by uh thedailymail.co.uk is this an alien spa- spacecraft parked next to mercury giant object the size of a planet has astronomers baffled and the answer is no <laughs> no it doesn't he doesn't even have astronomers baffled it has some poor youtube guy completely convinced but it does not have astronomers baffled uh, later in the article they they were basically saying that they were taking photographs of a solar flare or a solar it's a solar event of some kind that's going past mercury so when it happens, of course, Mercury is in silhouette, and uh the they're they're accrediting this object that appears on the either the video or uh, any of the images to um uh, a residual um, effect left behind by taking um, photographs of a moving object like a planet uh, from so many uh hundred millions of miles away uh Is it millions of miles? It has to be yes. Mercury? Yes. Uh, Anyway, um, this guy has a... There's a YouTube clip. And at first, watching the clip, I thought, oh, that's really cool. And I thought, you know, he was going to have... Even if he was like a pro-UFO guy, I thought, well, he's like, whoa, we don't know what that is. They say it's an artifact of where the planet used to be the day before, but I don't know. It looks kind of like a UFO to me. I'm not really sure, but... When you watch the video, he goes on to say, well, here is where the wave passes over the object that is obviously cloaked and uh, doesn't want to be seen by anybody. But, uh, you know, the heat signature is then, you know, he, he's it's complete crap. Like, the guy is just, he's, it's like he's reading sci-fi, you know, while he's describing what's happening in this video. And, I mean, it's an interesting phenomenon. It's a neat video to watch if you're into UFOs and you want to check it out. And it does it does sort of look like it ship-shaped. But I mean, every other part of the image that is part of this, you know, flame-like wave that's going over the over the the image looks like it could be a ship. I mean, like who knows, right? So I don't know. I thought it was uh, I thought it was really interesting to to hear this guy go on convinced that it is a cloaked ship um, waiting outside of Mercury. And uh, NASA went on to say, was it NASA? No, it was the Naval. Uh, where did I find it here? The uh, United States Naval Research Laboratory. Went on to say, no, there is no ship in our solar system the size of a planet. We would know.
1: (laughs) But they're in (laughs) on it, man. They're in (laughs) on it.
4: We would, we would, you know, if the Death Star was, you know, flying by Venus, I think we might catch it.
1: (laughs) That's no moon.
4: Yeah, that's no planet. Oh man! Speaking of actually, um, the, have you have you followed Death Star PR on Twitter? Have you? Checked no, out? <laughs> it sounds oh, awesome. You have to do this. It, it's uh, uh, my buddy Chad told me about it on on uh, my other podcast, and he uh, it's all it is. It's like it's a fake PR firm for the Death Star, right? And it has stuff like if an AT-ST steps on an Ewok in the forest and no one is around to hear the splat, do I still get a medal? <laughs> hashtag heroes like, hashtag, <laughs> you know, like it's, re- it's really really funny
1: um, i will be really, following really good, that yeah. post
4: haste yeah very very good so anyway right, put it right, right next to drunk
1: head. hulk do you follow drunk <laughs> yeah, hulk
4: exactly that's exactly the kind of thing that it is it's, it's definitely the that type that of thing
1: drunk hulk and the goddamn batman some of my favorite uh fake twitter feeds to follow yeah All right, that brings us neatly to our first break to rest our delicate voices. Ahem, ahem, ahem. You are listening to Alpha Geek Fridays live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. Check out all the fine shows on the Versus the World Network. Come to the show page and click on Shows at the top of the page. You will be glad that you did. We shall return after this short break. We will pay some bills, and you get to listen to The Great Luke Ski with Domo Arigato, Bender Roboto. We'll be back right after this.
0: Versus the World Productions. Nerds on the Internet. What more could you ask for? www.vtwproductions.com
1: This show is brought to you in part by Audible. Audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the Internet. With over 85,000 programs for more than 1,000 content providers, including leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. Audible customers can also have their Audible content wirelessly delivered to their smart mobile devices daily, even while sleeping, taking the computer out of the equation. To find out more, visit vtwproductions.com and click on the Audible.com advertisement on the left-hand side. Or visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions. New customers in the United States and Canada will receive a free audiobook download when they sign up via that link. audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions.
0: my cigars. I smoke them because it makes me look cool. I used to bend things for a living. I kissed it goodbye. Now on a spaceship I'm cooking grub for a meat bag named Fry. My best friend is Fry. The delivery guy. Watch Leela fly. (laughs) <laughs> hey, I'm pretty good I am a robot With some emotions Like less loss than greed I'll cheat at blackjack And get some hookers All at some life speed I'm loud and lazy Rude and obnoxious But still I'm the tops I show up for work Just to have some place To hide out from the cops I'll bust you in the shop If you call the cops! Hey, that includes you, Pops! Breathe, goodbye! Ah, Jesus! The cops! to the part of the song where I get to sing. All right, Professor, give it a shot. Domo origato, bender, robato, domo. 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 Domo origato, bender, robato, domo. Bender! It's Domo Dice up a tomato mm-hmm. Bender Roboto Gangsters call him Lotto Bender Roboto A bus driver named Otto Bender Roboto On the show he's not Bender Roboto Thank you very much Bender Roboto For doing the illegal acts That I want you to And thank you very much Bender Roboto For fixing up my back By bending me in half Thank you here, how's this? Oh, it's a little thank you. Ha! A few degrees back the other way, thank you. There, how's that? Oh, my yes, that's it. Okay, I'm singing now. The problem's plain to see. You humans annoy me. You're stupid and you smell. Just go to Robot Hell. Impressive. They're busting mad rhymes with an 80% success rate. Will you guys shut up? I'm trying to look cool. The time has come, my fans. Secret, secret, he's got a secret. To tell you all my plans. Secret, secret, he's got a secret. You might be shocked by this. Kill all humans, kill all humans, kill all humans, kill all humans, kill all humans. Kill all humans. Kill all humans. Nah, I'm just kidding. You're all right. <laughs> hey, sexy mama. Wanna kill all humans? Hello, this is John Scalzi, and you're listening to Versus the World Radio.
1: Alpha Geek Fridays continues live on versus the world radio vtwproductions.com and Joel has come to me with something he found on the YouTube what do you got for us
4: well earlier this week uh, presidential candidate Rick Perry in the US posted a controversial I guess commercial about his beliefs and what he plans to do with his campaign And uh, most people that listen to the morning stream would have heard Scott's reaction and many people's reactions to it, which I shared. And uh, last night, just uh, buzzing around on Google Plus, I came across a post from David Scott Smith of the webcomic Space Space 8. And it is a response to Rick Perry's commercial. So if you've got that queued, then I think it, uh, it speaks for itself.
1: All right. Stand by. I'm not ashamed to admit that I'm an atheist. But you know there's something wrong with this country when politicians think it's okay to
0: hate on gays and non-believers in ads as if their magic spirit guide or
1: whatever blessed them with special a-hole privileges. Perhaps this is a good time to remember that gay and atheist presidents didn't get us into the war in Iraq, the financial crisis,
0: or turn your mortgage into toilet paper. It took some God-fearing vagina penetrators to pull that off. Maybe we should let Christians do what they do best, praying, which
1: clearly doesn't work, and leave the governing to sodomites and infidels. Rick Perry may believe in God, but I've seen his polls, and God does not
2: believe in Rick Perry. I'm a godless heathen, and I approve this message.
1: (laughs) That ain't right.
4: (gasps) It's great. (laughs) <laughs> I think my favorite part of the whole thing is the end. It's like I'm a godless, he- godless heathen, and I approve this message. And it, it, just, it just it 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 goes to the other extreme to just illustrate how ridiculous the message from Perry really is. And yeah. I think that's what I like so much about it. Like it just it, it's obviously um, poking fun at everything, but it just. Yeah, I, I really like the way that that it, that it was put together and how it just mimics what he was doing. He even has the, the YouTube video actually has like the same kind of background. He's wearing the same kind of coat. I think it's uh it's very it's very funny.
1: Excellent. Yeah, the um I've seen several different versions of this where they kind of strip away the artifice and they strip away the uh you know the term God and they replace it with something like something you know I I. I will run the country in keeping with how I feel God would want me to. And then they'll translate that into, I will run the country the way the invisible man living in the sky tells me to in my dreams. Mm. It's like, okay. It doesn't sound quite as nice that second way. Uh, maybe no, we should think about no, this.
4: Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Messages like the worst part about messages, like the one that Perry ran earlier uh, this week is that, do you know that there's a number of people out there that are right there with him? Yeah, and that's and that's what that's what I find is the scary thing about that. I mean, and we, I mean, I'm I'm not even in the country. I don't it it, it affects me on a global scale, but it's not you know it's not my president or my country. So it just, even I get put off by it, you know.
1: It it gives me the urge to reach for the drop in panel for things like this.
4: Yeah, you guys are uh, you're kind of creepy. I think this may be a stupid idea.
1: But that's just me. <laughs> that's actually-
4: it was actually quite appropriate.
1: A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we are officially uh, going straight to hell. Um, just thought I would alert you, because... In a handbasket,
4: see all there. <laughs> yes! I am a god! <laughs> Might
1: as well blaspheme while I'm at it. Uh, just, you know, the complete package deal. And if we're going to do it, let's do it correctly and... All the way.
4: way to go, yeah, we're eh, in Rome, right?
1: I'm a gonna go to hell when I die. Oh yeah. We should probably move to a different topic now before I get any deeper into this hole I am digging for myself.
4: All right. How about coffee?
1: Coffee, good. Yeah, we're moving into our kind of our Happy Holidays segment. It being uh, getting deeper and deeper into the December, and our friends at Starbucks would like to kill us. more than usual Um, yeah the let's see the Starbucks festive coffee is worse for you as far as caloric intake than a Big Mac now stop and consider that statement when you consider the and I'm going to use air quotes here food product that is a Big Mac and it's possible health benefits or, or detractions that may be associated with consuming a Big Mac. And Starbucks has managed to make a Big Mac in liquid form, but worse. Uh, this is from mirror.co.uk. And it's titled, Starbucks sell festive coffee with almost 600 calories in it. High street coffee giant Starbucks is selling a special Christmas drink containing a huge 579 calories, almost 90 more than a Big Mac. The Venti Eggnog Latte, on sale for £3.55, carries an astonishing 73.8 grams of sugar, the equivalent of 17 teaspoons and 10.3 grams more than the recommended daily sugar intake for an adult. Let's say that again. 10.3 grams more than the recommended entire daily sugar intake for an adult in one Venti Eggnog Latte.
4: I mean, and and you can illustrate it, too, with 17 teaspoons. I mean, I put maybe a half a teaspoon uh, in my coffee in the morning. And sometimes I use honey, but most times it's just, you know, like a half teaspoon of sugar, just, just to add that little bit of sweetness in the morning. And I would have to do that 34 times. I don't know how much coffee would be left in my mug.
1: I have an enormous coffee mug. Um... It is one my wife brought back from a trip to somewhere where they have the, what the, the M&M's uh, tourist stores. This thing oh, holds yeah. mm-hmm. about three normal coffee cups worth of coffee, which means it's just about the right size for me. for Because I have one cup of coffee a day, but it's this cup of coffee. And I only put, <laughs> I only put two teaspoons into that monster um, yeah. and then a ridiculous amount of cream because that's how I roll. But yeah... What the hell, Starbucks? I bet you it tastes well, great.
4: <laughs> yeah, oh, and I've had them. I, I like myself a, uh, a, an eggnog latte. Uh, I, I think my personal holiday favorite happens to be the gingerbread latte. That, that is a really nice really nice drink. But the, the one thing that they, they are quick to say here is that, I mean, they're talking about a venti. I yeah. don't know anybody that gets a venti latte. I've seen venti coffees go around. But a venti latte, I can't drink it before it's stone cold. Right. So um, I I find that it's the largest size, yes. But I don't. I think their grande is probably what they sell the most. Not to mention, every time that I'm in a Starbucks and I am behind any number of regular, you know, uh, star, Starbucks goers uh, in front of me, I always am baffled at the length of their order. <laughs> so if you took this uh, eggnog latte take it down to a grande and then say don't use whole milk use skim milk or use soy milk or use what like whatever there's usually a list of about eight different things that people change about their latte order and uh i'm sure where it's still not going to be good for you i i think that the caloric intake and the sugar is probably dramatically reduced um by the time you bring it you know you know you go light on the whipped cream that kind of stuff um the other thing is like well you know if it's, if it's that bad for you then just don't have them all the time that's why they're only available at the holidays and that's why you treat yourself on a saturday and <laughs> you don't have to worry about it too much
1: just because it's available does not mean you have to buy it
4: yes exactly and at three pounds 55 which translates to about seven dollars canadian i think i would mm-hmm. rather have a beer
1: yeah a good beer
4: <laughs> yeah like that's that's a that's a 20 ounce craft beer from a local brewery here <laughs> like
1: because that's a,
4: that's a nice that's a nice point.
1: Life is too short for bad beer.
4: <laughs> exactly.
1: No, no, yeah, don't forget that coffee. kids. Or bad coffee. Yeah, mean, it's the same. A... Sorry, go ahead. I am the same I'm a, I'm a beer snob and a coffee snob, uh, to, in equal measure.
4: Right. So do you when you go to Starbucks, do you drink lattes or do you do do you go for just a plain old coffee?
1: Let's examine the first part of that sentence. Uh when you go to Starbucks Okay, so you I never know. go to Starbucks.
4: Okay. I actually I pref- really enjoy Starbucks. I, I work from a local Starbucks a couple times a week just to kind of get out of the out of the studio, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm a plain coffee guy. I get the two dollar cup of holiday blend right now. It's a nice cup of coffee. I'm quite happy with it. As I don't much need of a, to go into crazy lattes.
1: As much of a coffee stop as I am, my current preferred bean blend for my for my breakfast cup of coffee which is pretty much that's i'm a a breakfast coffee kind of person that's really the only time of day when i do it which is pretty much why i don't do starbucks because i need a cup of coffee before i can operate a vehicle um Mm -hmm. so getting (laughs) getting to the starbucks would be dangerous and lethal so but my preferred bean blend right now is actually the Dunkin' donuts classic blend bean from the grocery store Oh, I'm, al- I'm almost ashamed to admit because it's really freaking good.
4: Yeah, well, I, it's funny. Like I have, um, I have a French press here at home, so I, I make a cup of coffee in the morning for myself. Um, Starbucks is usually an afternoon thing, if and when I go, and uh, I just buy Maxwell House.
1: Yeah, that's you know, I do.
4: Super simple, but it's it's good. Well,
1: it's part of also how you make it when you. I also use the French press technique, um, just because ah. actually steeping the. Uh, the uh, coffee grounds makes a huge difference in in what you extract from them. So as, as I said, I was a you know, coffee snob. I'm more of a coffee technique snob, I should say, because I when I go up to the secret mountain lair, you know, I have probably a two year old Uber container of uh, Folgers grounds you know, that was ground and you know, sealed sometime in the distant past, and it is still possible. Just you just don't follow the instructions on on the on the tin. You you do it the way you know how to do it. And use a ridiculous amount of grounds, and you steep it in free water, and extract for not too too long, and you can make a fine mm-hmm. cup of coffee from Folgers, uh, you know, freeze dried crystals.
4: <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I know I I have a coffee grinder here that I got for Christmas a couple of years ago, and I don't use it that often. But when I do, it's uh it's always nice to have like a fresh ground cup of coffee in the morning too. Um, the the, the bonus to that is that um beans. Uh, last a lot longer than ground coffee.
1: Yeah. I like the... A uh, um, couple of Christmases ago, I was given a, a Krups burr grinder and was made into a convert at that point. So I'd always done just the spinning blade whirly gig uh, coffee grinder mm-hmm. and was had a friend who's a coffee snob in a whole other dimension from me uh, come down and say, no, 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 you need to understand the concept of uniform grind size and got me a burr grinder. And one cup of coffee later, I was like, okay, I get it now. This is way better. So like any anything that people get passionate about, there are many levels you can take it to. And I'm just a couple steps into the coffee snobbery. And I don't mind at all because it makes a damn fine cup of coffee in the morning when I desperately need it.
4: Yeah, and cheaper in the long run. You know, like yeah. you're not buying filters. Uh, it's easy to dispose of the ground, so you just put them in your compost, and it's, yep. it's uh, a greener way to, to get your grounds.
1: See, composting in Arizona is a bit challenging because the grounds just dry up and blow away. Um, oh, yeah. It, it's hard to keep the the moisture level in your compost pile <laughs> high enough for uh, the microorganisms to actually survive. Cause oh, well, 100...
4: we, we have, um we have a compost... Service here in Halifax. Ah. Like I, I have an apartment building. I don't. There's no compost pile. out back. It's a green compost bin that gets collected once every two weeks by the city. That's awesome. Yeah. No. It's actually um, Halifax has got quite a, a lot of recognition for the waste management and the way that they they handle the H R M. It's actually uh, it's actually pretty cool. There's it's alternating weeks. It's uh, recycle and compost uh, one week, and then the following week is just regular garbage.
1: Yeah. We've got. Uh... Trash bins and recycle bins here in Arizona, and we just, they both get picked up every week just on different days. Yeah. So we were a little bit down the road of being slightly greener.
4: Yeah, there's um, there's lots of places too along like main shopping strips and stuff like that. They'll have uh, garbage cans, but they are um, four four sections garbage cans. So there's garbage, compost, papers, and I think it's paper, and then plastics and recyclables. So if you have, like, a newspaper or whatever, you can put it in a specific bin, and then you know that it's not going to just get thrown out with the rest of the stuff. Excellent.
1: Now, in our last little bit of time here in this segment, um, (laughs) which you want to call... Canadian corner, uh huh. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I just I, I, <laughs> I, I
4: noticed noticed that this was on the uh, the Herald news, and uh, I'm not sure how many other news networks might have caught this story, just because it's it's a Canadian story, and uh, the Chronicle Herald is local to to Halifax, and I follow them on Twitter, so I wasn't sure how many of the, the listeners might have caught this particular story, but I thought it was hilarious, and uh, as soon as I saw the picture, I was like, oh, I have to try this. <laughs> uh, it's basically. Um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It's a professional—not professional. It's a organized snowball sport league in in Canada, and I'm looking for the name of it right now. It's hard to pronounce. It's a uh, yuk- yuki-gassen, which means snow battle in Japanese, and it uh, started in a small town in Japan that was looking to try and increase their uh, tourist attractions and their revenue. And it wasn't until they saw some tourists uh, having a snowball fight um, in their in their town, who weren't used to being around so much snow, that they realized, oh my gosh, we could really capitalize on this because this particular town has got snow a lot of the time. And uh, it is there's rules there's the regulations are all outlined in the article. Uh, it's called "Keep Your Cool and Let Her Fly" uh, by Patricia Brooks uh, with the uh, the Herald News, and. Um, They're thinking about bringing organizations down as far as New Brunswick, which is just the next province over. Uh, There was a competition in uh, Edmonton, I think, recently. And um, the Grizzlies, who won that particular competition, are going to Japan in February for the World Championships. And it's pretty straightforward. There are uh, four forwards, three defensemen. Everybody's wearing helmets and uh, face masks, much like a hockey helmet or uh, ski goggles, etc. And uh, the snowballs are all machine made so they're pure snow, uh, there's no rocks, there's no ice uh, so it reduces the danger that kind of that kind of stuff. And uh, the rules are such that um, you have to capture the enemy's flag on a court of 10 meters by 40 meters and um, only defensemen, can touch snowballs, they then have to roll or hand them to forwards, and forwards are um, then given the task of uh, firing snowballs on the other team. Uh, once you are struck with a snowball, an official will ask you to leave the court. There's three periods of three minutes apiece, so it's a high fly and high energy sport, and uh, it's got a cheap licensing fee for cities that are interested. It's 250 bucks to license. Um, the the game to have uh, a tournament in your town just to kind of encourage people to get to get outside and, and get active with it and i think it would be a lot of fun it's like snowball fights meets dodgeball
1: see leave it to japan to to do exact you know to make this into a codified sport it always amazes me what what people are prepared to do as an organized sport or just as a you know and as a regular event. Uh, the running of the bulls in Pamplona springs springs to mind. There's also another city in Spain where they have a massive tomato fight every year with the surplus tomatoes from the tomato harvest. Uh, yeah. we humans we are a wacky bunch, are we not?
4: Yeah, it really is a strange uh, a strange thing. You know when you're talking about. Something that they treated like the the Stanley Cup, you know, over in over in Japan, which is it's it's, you know it's such an interesting and it's so fun. Like it, you know, it's an aggressive sport, but then it's um, the article doesn't say anything about um, whether it's you know women's teams and men's teams or whether it's mixed up, you know, because I know there's a dodgeball uh, tournament here in the city and they um, have mixed teams as well. So ultimate yeah. frisbee is, is big around here, and that's another game that has um, both men and women uh, playing on the same teams.
1: Yeah, I mean when I lived up in the Seattle area, I was I got into uh, playing a, a variant of laser tag that uh, I don't think exists anymore. It was the the technology was really nice the the vests and the guns and the indoor arenas were really well designed, and I was struck then the uh, the degree to which people would take that seriously and it was. Great, fantastic fun, um, but you know you occasionally would run up against somebody who's taking it a wee bit too seriously, and yeah, be careful, avoid. Yeah, avoid, I mean, avoid. I,
4: I think it would, I would really like to find to, to watch like a kids tournament. You know, you get a bunch of ten year olds. You know, I mean, mayhem. Explain, Explain the rules to them, you know, like let them know that there are some things that just like dodgeball, like you can't go outside this line, and you have to only these people can touch the snowballs and all that kind of stuff. But I think it would be really fun, It'd be like watching Timbits hockey at the halftime at the Mooseheads game here locally. You know, it gets a bunch of little five and seven year olds on skates doing their their little hockey game in in the in the intermission. Um, but the picture associated with the uh, with the article is uh, it's a couple of guys and they they're looking pretty serious about what they're doing. <laughs> they're looking very focused.
1: Yeah. This is serious business. Alrighty. That brings us neatly to the end of section two. I'm going to go out onto the interwebs and see if I can find me a Mike Schramm, who should be joining us for part three of Alpha Geek Fridays live on Versus the World Radio. Yes, filling the void left by the morning stream, giving you your little bit of geek on Friday before you go into withdrawal. We shall return after some festive and holiday-related songs from Masters Jonathan Colton and Paul and Storm. We'll be back right after this.
0: Versus the World Productions. Podcasts and blogs by Geeks for Geeks. www.vtwproductions.com
2: been a little crazy for the Andersons you may recall we had some trouble last year the robot council had us banished to an asteroid that hasn't undermined our holiday cheer and we know it's almost Christmas by the marks we make on the wall that's a favorite time of year Merry Christmas from Chiron Beta Prime where we're working Merry Christmas from Chiron Beta Prime On every corner there's a giant metal Santa Claus Who watches over us with glowing red eyes They carry weapons and they know if you've been bad or good Not everybody's good but everyone tries And the rocks outside the airlock ammonia scented snow it's like a winter wonderland Merry Christmas from Chiron Beta Prime where we're working in a mine for our robot overlords did I say overlords I meant protectors Merry Christmas from Chiron Beta Prime That we're allowed to talk about We really hope you'll come and visit us soon I mean we're literally begging you to visit us And make it quick before they
4: message leave. redacted
2: Now it's time for Christmas dinner I think the robot sent us a pie You know I love my soil and green Merry Christmas From Chiron Beta Prime Where we're working say, overlords, I'm and protectors. Merry Christmas from Chiron Beta Prime. We
3: piled the family in the SUV on Christmas Day and headed off to grandma's house 100 miles away. Her grandma cooked a great big Christmas dinner for us all. She's done it every single year since I was very small. Now all her life our grandma's always been a bit confused, forgetting where she parked the car and wearing mismatched shoes. We thought that it was cute at first, but lately she's been getting worse. The final straw was when we saw the dinner she produced. This Christmas, grandma cooked the dog. This Christmas, grandma cooked the dog. She crammed him full of yams and served him up with mashed potatoes. This Christmas, Grandma cooked the dog. Uncle Al threw up an Auntie Patty scream with fright. But I was really starving, so I snuck a tiny bite. That yappy little bastard always drove the family mad. But with some chestnut stuffing on the side, he's not
2: half bad.
3: This Christmas, Grandma cooked the dog. This Christmas, Grandma cooked the dog. Turns out that Chardonnay's the perfect wine with Cocker Spaniel. This Christmas, Grandma cooked the dog. Sing it, Grandpa!
0: This Christmas,
3: Grandma cooked the dog. This Christmas, Grandma cooked the dog. dog. We don't know where the cat is, but dessert is on its way. This Christmas, Grandma cooked the dog.
0: This is Scott Johnson, artist of Extra Life at MyExtralife.com, and you're listening to Versus the World Radio.
1: Alpha Greek Radio Fridays continues live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com, and we come to one of my most favoritest parts of the show because it has another great drop-in made by the wonderful and incredible talented Ursaheil. And this will be our first shameless plug of the show.
0: Now is the time for a shameless
1: plug. And Joel, what have you got to plug this week?
4: Well, I just recorded the second episode of the Citadel Cafe with uh, my two friends, Chad Merlin and Peyton Francis. And uh, it's a full 90-minute podcast, uh, and we had an absolute blast. And uh, going into the holidays, we decided to talk about all of our favorite toys from when we were kids, and then some of the big boy toys that we would actually like this year for Christmas if uh, all was possible. And uh, I, I just I had an absolute blast with the show. You can find the episode on thecitadelcafe.com You can follow us on Twitter uh, and look us up on Google Plus and Facebook all the same thing, The Citadel Cafe. We're really easy to find and uh, we're looking forward to doing more of these episodes for people. We just talk about all the geeky stuff that we're into but we just happen to focus on some some cool toys from our past this week and uh, if you like this show then you'll probably like that one too.
1: Excellent. Uh, In the Spirit of Shameless Plug, I wanted to shamelessly uh, request from our listener base. We're looking to uh, flesh out our sound effects drop-in board here with uh, fun snippets from nerdy television shows, geeky movies, fun stuff like that. Um, Please go forth and create mp3 files if you do not have editing software you can do a google search for audacity which is a great uh, multi-platform open source free audio, audio editing tool which with some very simple modifications uh, which are spelled out in great detail on the download site uh, be set up to export mp3 files and send in your favorite drop-ins to fridays at alphageekradio.com that's fridays plural at alphageekradio.com. Also, we are always looking for uh, good, nerd-appropriate music to play during our music breaks. Uh, The important caveat is that it be music that we can play without fear. So things not associated with the RIAA or the MPAA or any of those other AA-type organizations, also known as the Jackbooted Thugs, who would try and come shut us down if we dared to touch their music. So, ideally, something that is Creative Commons licensed, uh, that allows, as long as we do attribution, we tell you who the song is by, and that we don't collect money from you for the privilege of listening to it. So, uh, we usually do things in the uh, non-commercial, share-alike category of Creative Commons. If you want more information on that, go to creativecommons.org, which is a great way and that's the way that we release our podcasts um, so that people are free to use our content in the creation of other content as long as they attribute it to us, don't claim it as their work and do not charge other people money for what we have given them and it allows us all to cross pollinate and we're always looking for great music to include and promote so if you have a band of your own Um, Or if you know of someone who's looking for some free internet promotion, send us their information. Send us some links to downloads and make sure that we, uh, if it is something where we need to receive permission from the artist, that we know who to contact to get that permission on file. And we will expand our music library thusly. So again, send that information into Fridays at alphageekradio.com. That is Fridays with an S at alphageekradio.com. Now, Joel has a story about a man in a gorilla suit. Yes, you heard me right.
4: Well, it was one more story that popped in uh, to the research thread on uh, Versus the World Productions on the forums there. And it was a, a man in gorilla suit goes ape in Little Caesars repeatedly. And uh, the message happens to be from the Huffington Post. Um, this is what happens when a gorilla goes ape in a pizzeria. pizzeria excuse me. Someone wearing a gorilla suit has repeatedly burst into Little Caesars restaurants in Michigan and dumped sand on the floor. Uh, the most recent incident occurred at around 11 p.m. on November 25th, when the ape, who is described as standing between five foot eight inches and five foot ten inches, five foot ten inches tall, emptied a bag of sand on the floor of an uh, eatery in Southgate, and authorities um, are still searching for, I guess, <laughs> the culprit. Um, I. I don't get it. It's what? funny, but what's the what's
1: the message here, though?
4: Yeah, I don't know what the sand is for. Um, yeah, it's a, there's there's no real indication as to what the the joke is,
1: or or, or even what you know, are they protesting something or what what does the sand represent? If they had dumped the sand like on the pizza making machines to contaminate them and, and stop them from being able to make their pizza, that would be A bit more direct of a message of "Hey, I'm trying to screw up your business," but just walking in in a gorilla suit and dumping sand on the floor and departing. Uh, Okay, I mean
4: maybe it's supposed to be symbolic of taking a dump on the floor. Like I don't know, but just uh, they they the only uh, other information about the sand in the article is that they believe it's been stolen from another local hardware store.
1: Oh, so it's a crime spree now of a man in a gorilla suit. <laughs> yeah, it's not.
4: He's he's not man enough to use his own sand. He has to steal somebody else's. Uh,
1: don't do drugs, kids.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really though, right?
1: <laughs> I yeah. I just work here. All right. Yeah,
4: I, yeah anyway, I, I The headline was just baffling. I was like, what? Why? What does baffled anybody... mean? Yeah. Anyway,
1: all right, I'm going to, since our, our guest may be time zone challenged, and when I sent him the information for uh, 8 a.m. Pacific, um, he may have miscomputed that to be 8 a.m. some other time zone, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not finding him in Skype at the moment, so I'm going to ambush our lady from across the pond. Oh, actually, no, I take it back. She doesn't have her microphone ready. Darn it, Pussar, get your microphone replaced because I will get you on this show one day. She's actually my my one lone companion on the video wall right now. If you come to vtwproductions.com slash frogpants slash video, you will see the lovely face of Pussar from across the pond in the EU. And I managed to hang up on Joel when I was... uh, Busy trying to call Pusar there. So I fail at Skype, but the beautiful thing thing about Skype is when I hang up on him, I can call him back. All he has to do now is pick up the damn phone. I'm calling you, Joel. See, this is the kind of thing where I say we'll fix it in post. Sorry about that. No problem. (laughs) That was entirely my bad when I was trying to add... Uh, Pussar to the call, and when I aborted the call to her, apparently it uh, said, oh, we're going to terminate all connections. Have a nice day. Click.
4: Yeah, great.
1: I know. I, I fail to a, a mighty degree. Yep.
4: Skype. 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 Skype.
1: Oh, I also forgot to give you guys the name. Let's see. Our uh, research thread volunteers like to give creative titles to the... Uh, the different uh, research threads for each week. So Fangs this week, and it's Fangs with a Z, and the Z is what makes it awesome. Has titled it the Fabulous Friday Fun Thread. So it's apparently it's the alliteration thread of Win.
4: Um, they did put the date in there, which I found helpful.
1: Yes, thank them for that. That's the December 9th, 2011, and suddenly it sounds like I'm at the beginning of an episode of The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. No, actually, that's a good show.
4: Yeah, no, I I found it helpful with with the date that at least I know what I'm looking for.
1: So from the aforementioned research thread, we have Do a Barrel Roll, says Google. This is from abcnews.go.com. Got a moment to kill? Try this. Go to Google's homepage, type in the words, do a barrel roll, and click enter. So let's do that. Go to on Chrome, google.com, and then in the search window, do a barrel roll. Whoops, Go autoplay. Do Damn you. Right, do a barrel roll. Enter. Uh, all it does is search for the phrase do a barrel roll. That must have been a one-day thing.
4: Uh, No, it still works. Um, the problem is that I have like, auto-complete for all my searches, so I can only get uh-huh. do a barrel, and then it just kind of completes for it. What it does is that the screen does a barrel roll. Mm-hmm. It does a 360.
1: Uh, so yeah, I've got the... Uh... Same autocomplete turned on on mine, so I have apparently have broken the internet. I'm going to try it on a different browser. There it goes. Aww. How cute. The Google yeah. people I think, are... I are feel f- like
4: that was uh, old. I feel like that might have happened around Thanksgiving.
1: Which makes sense that uh, ABC News would just be picking up on it this week.
4: <laughs> nice.
1: I'm sorry, was that my uh, out loud voice? Uh,
4: yeah, I heard it. Uh, Unless damn I'm in me. your head. But then that's scaring me, so... Just, that's let, entirely well, let's, possible. Let's just say it was your out, outside voice, yeah.
1: Okay. Whee! Yeah, the, I've, I've noticed a trend over the years of uh, memes and that kind of thing are really slow to penetrate uh, what we laughably refer to as the mainstream media. Mm. Um, so stuff that is certifiably old news to those of us who dwell in the, the Twitters and the Facebooks and the Googles of the world, and God help us, the 4chans. Um, yeah, that uh, a month is about uh, average when it'll actually show up on as the the light and fluffy section of your local news or, indeed, national news. Look at what the crazy kids on the Internet are doing now. And yeah, do a-
4: I... Uh- I had a survey uh, that I was filling out the other day from my local paper, my father sent it to me. He's like, hey, you know, fill out the survey and you might win an iPad for the draw. And it's basically just the the local paper gathering, um, you know, information on on potential readers, how they consume the paper, how often they go to the website, that kind of thing. And it was like a five page survey. And I was like, I don't really know if I want to take the time to to fill this out. I don't read the paper that much anyway. But it turned out to be very, very simple because after the first three or four questions of like, do you read the paper in hard copy? No. Do you read the paper uh, in, um, in in on the website? No. How do you get the stories? Uh, Twitter. Like once you had answered the basics, everything else was like, if you read the paper, how do you feel about the you know the the size of the paper and blah 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 like all these different things about the people that actually have a physical paper in their hands? And I was like, nope, don't care, don't care, don't care, don't care, don't care, don't read it. <laughs> so it turned out to be pretty simple, but it was it was eye opening to me. Like I I don't read the paper. At all anymore. I mean, I, I don't have an iPad. I have an iPhone, but I, I prefer to consume things on Twitter and and that kind of thing. So I, I don't know it's it's one of those things that you know it's even newspapers. I feel are kind of slow to run the stories that I'm interested in.
1: Yeah, I've got another story here from the uh, WTF reality uh, department, and this one is titled "A Gas Mask and Armor Wearing Jogger Scared a Bomb Squad Into Blowing Up His Mail." This from mercurynews.com. San Jose police, man who caused post office showdown, was jogger in unusual gear. Word to the wise, maybe it's not the smartest thing to jog in what looks like a gas mask and body armor and then jam a package in a post office box. It could touch off what happened Tuesday at a busy San Juan post office on Lundy Avenue, a full-scale police response complete with the bomb squad and a robot. But San Jose police said the suspicious-looking jogger seen fidgeting with a package at a drop-off box was only working out in hardcore, albeit odd-looking, exercise gear. The guy said he was wearing a cardio mask, says Sergeant Dawson Dwyer. It was his cardio day, and he was trying to lose weight. That's not what post office customers thought when the man in the weird mask and vest was stuffing a package in a blue mailbox at about 12.30 p.m. The customer called police, and in a flash, the post office was on lockdown until 4.30 p.m. with 150 employees and customers tucked away in the back. And it's got a picture here of Long Huang, 29, of San Jose, wears a cardio mask and weighted vest. Um... It does look you know, fairly non-standard, but it is basically, yeah, it looks actually kind of frightening. But uh, the response maybe s- slightly out of kilter with the possible threat. I know you, in this day and age, probably need to take every kind of reasonably uh, serious-looking bomb threat seriously um, in this post-Unabomber era. But, uh, damn.
4: Yeah, I think, um, it's the same. There's a lot of places like convenience stores and whatnot will ask you, uh, to remove any kind of, like, face mask or, um, winter gear that covers your face when you enter the store. Um, you see those signs on malls and stuff like that all the time because, I mean, it's, it gives people an immediate, um, Alarmed reaction when they see someone with a ski mask, you know, walking down uh, <laughs> a shopping mall, you know, like so you But I was skiing! The social, yeah, no skiing. You have to be aware of the social implications of, of what you're wearing. I would imagine mm. that a, a gas mask type thing would hinder your vision as a, as a jogger. I, I would expect that he would be um, run over by a car that he didn't see coming before he was, was blown up by anything.
1: Yeah, and I'm curious as to what. What does a cardio mask do for you? Does it deliberately limit your oxygen intake so that your um, cardiovascular system has to work harder to to populate your blood with oxygen? Uh, you know, it's probably the same concept as you know working out at high altitudes. If you're going to compete at lower altitudes. Because you yeah. you condition your lungs to work harder to extract oxygen, and then you give it lots of oxygen, and, and until it readapts to the lower altitude, it is a, a righteous conductor of oxygen. Um,
4: yeah, the, the other thing it might might be um, used for is uh, warming up the air. Um, did they say whether he was in a cold climate? I'm assuming so.
1: No, San Jose, California.
4: Oh, Weird. Not terrible. here, like I, I'm a jogger, and when I now that it's December, when I jog outside, like it takes a kilometer just to get used to the cold air.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't get that so much here in Arizona. Go figure.
4: <laughs> yeah, I don't imagine you would. Imagine what, I mean, would it be? I mean, maybe dust, like because you guys had some big dust storms and stuff. Oh God, yes. Yeah. We, have, yeah. we
1: have no our, our particulate pollution here, even when there's not a dust storm, just from the amount of construction that happens here and just the environment. Um, working in IT like I do, I'm often cracking open computers and looking at the kinds of particulate crud that has accumulated on them, and it is damned impressive until you consider that, hey, I'm breathing that crap, too. Oh, yeah, (laughs) Fine. Not so much. I'm going to die young. But happy. All right, I believe this... Concludes our broadcast day here on Alpha Geek Fridays. Joel, do you have any last things to plug or final comments for the Tadpool to listen to?
4: Well, I mean, if you want to find out more about what I'm up to, you can check out my webcomic at starcrossedonline.com. I post all of my comics, uh, any kind of new things that I'm doing, uh, podcasts are all listed there. It's kind of the hub for all that I'm doing right now. And a recent post, uh, if anybody in the tadpole is familiar with the money that Scott was raising for his sister, I have two pieces of original artwork. They are eight and a half by five and a half watercolors of Christmas Monsters, or Christmas aliens, I guess. And uh, they're both up on eBay until next Wednesday. And all proceeds will go to help Scott and Wendy. So if you're interested in picking up some of my art and helping out Scott and Wendy in the process, then uh, go check those out.
1: Excellent. And we have my other things going on in the world. As usual, I have a live episode of Casually Hardcore going out this Sunday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, uh let's see it's 9 p.m gmt i want to say uh or 2100 gmt depending on if you're doing the uh orwellian clock um and then also we'll be back next week same bat time same bat channel here for another fine episode live recording of alpha geek fridays Thank you again to Ursa Heil from the Versus the World community for crafting our brand shiny new intro that you guys heard at the beginning of this episode. Please send in drop-in ideas, music ideas, show feedback, uh, research thread ideas to Fridays at alphageekradio.com. And I believe you can find our show page at vtwproductions.com slash alpha-geek or just come to vtwproductions.com, click on the Shows tab at the top of the page and click on Alpha Geek, which is where Alpha Geek Radio and Alpha Geek Interviews hang out. The RSS feed is available there and just the uh, auto player for listening in your web browser is available there as well. On the left-hand side of the page, you'll find instructions for listening with mobile devices, iOS devices, Android, BlackBerry... All those things are covered in there, so you can listen live during your morning commute or wherever you happen to be. I have been the other Todd, and joining me has been... Joel Duggan. We will be back... Fix it in post. We shall return next week at the same time. For now, we are out of here.
0: we kicked it ass